The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We are joined with a very, very special guest, a recurring guest of the podcast, a good friend of mine. It is Canada's songbird, Cal Quantrill. How are we doing, brother? How are we doing, Cal? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Round two here. Yeah, we had to get it back. And listen, this is. let me give you a little process on why I wanted you back. So I went to the University of Michigan game two weeks ago against Penn State. And my buddy co-host that I do the Jays podcast with was like, let's go to let's go to Yankees Guardians. So I was like, all right, like, fuck it. Let's go to Yankees Guardians. So I went to Yankees Guardians at Progressive, and I've never seen a crazier atmosphere in my life. And I've never seen people like lo- they love you, dude. Like these people legit. Like I, I tweeted the actually, no, I put this on my story, the picture of when they announced your name. They love you, dude. Like I was in the 500s or whatever it's called, the 300 level with like all the drunk, crazy people. And when they announced your name, there was females screaming all around me. The guys with their shirts off were going bananas. Do you realize the love that they have you for, for you in Cleveland? Cleveland's treated me right. Uh, I mean, honestly, bro, since the day I got there, I felt like that's the spot I belong. Uh, fans remind me of home. It's not that close from or it's not that far from the border. They like drinking, they like partying, they like carrying on, and they really, really root on those teams there, man. Heck, they've been cheering for the Browns for forever and ever <laughs> and ever, despite all all that's gone down. So, no, I think that they uh, they bought on, they bought in pretty quick with the the name change, and you know it was good, it was good, it was a fun year, dude. Like I'll say that because obviously I was just at the big house and there was like one hundred ten thousand people there. It was loud, but you, it just it's a different type of loud there. Like I want like. Uh, I was in the 500s, like I mentioned, and there was just people absolutely mangled wearing all their vintage, like old the old Cleveland Indians logo stuff, like the starter jackets, everything. They live or die for that team. Like it, I know you, you're used to probably going to Jays games, stuff like that when you were a kid, and it's just different. Like, I, I don't know what it is. No, you know what I'm saying? It's they just love different. It. They love it. And once we got on a roll about halfway through the year, it really, it started getting, it started getting loud. It started getting rowdy in there cool part is too is they come out no matter what the weather is man we're playing september games october baseball and it's not warm (laughs) they're out their (laughs) shirts off just crushing miller lights or whatever they had in that corner corner, building towers cheering us on it was good man it was a fun team i think that uh i think the city got on board quick 
And I want to go into that game that I went to. So you obviously know the game that I went to because I did tweet that or Instagram that picture of me, uh, of you on the scoreboard. It was the game before. What game was it? Game three, right? Yeah. Game game three. Was it the first home game you guys had? Yep. Game three was the first home one. Yeah. That was the one where Gonzalez walked it off, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I got to talk about that atmosphere because what was crazy to me is, and you probably like when you're at Jays games, you know, like they're down two or three going into the ninth. It's a little bit quiet, even in the playoffs. They were loud as fuck. Like, it was insane. And then Oscar Gonzalez walks it off. Can you say that was the craziest atmosphere you've ever, like, seen or been a part of? Because that game was wild. That was wild. I mean, that's kind of our MO, though, this season, man. Like, it, we got to eighth or ninth, and we played our best baseball. That that game, that that atmosphere there, I think it was, it was maybe even bigger because it was, you know, it was the DS, and it was, it was you know, Oscar doing his thing. But the – the one that Oscar walked off the week before against Tampa at home in like the bottom of the 15th or whatever it was when yeah. he hit the home run, the place was rocking. That was crazy to go two games. See you later. Tristan pitched his, pitched his He's ass so off. Good. He's it so was good. just like, it was one of those, like, it was just the perfect moment. Oscar comes up a month into the season, does nothing but rake for the rest of the time. He, you know, it was just very fitting. It's like we, we had, we had some really good players this year, right? Like Jose Ramirez carries us all year long. And then this guy just steps in and like, and you know, just he gets it done for us. Takes a little bit of heat off Jose for just one, <laughs> one minute. You know, you can only win so many games by himself. So it was pretty sweet. I, I'd say both those games though, those two walk-offs, um, I think that, uh, that maybe cemented our place in Cleveland. I expect next year will be, uh, it'll be fun too. It, it, well, the, the sickest part, too, is obviously, you know, I'm a big Luplo guy. He's a good friend of mine. There was Luplo jerseys everywhere there, too. Like, oh, I saw a yeah. pretty decent amount of Luplo jerseys, like, because of that run. He just had that one run in the playoffs, and I think it was 2018 or 2019, and they just love him forever. Like, that yep. just goes to show you that city, man. It really going to like, be a lot of Gonzalez jerseys next year. <laughs> what is Gonzalez Gonzalez. like? What is he like? Because he looks like that guy who doesn't really realize how disgusting he is at baseball. Yeah. And he let, just, let like, is just quick, chill. Let me tell you a quick Oscar story here. So, and I'm not sure if he – I don't think he'd care that we t- said this. Um, it's like game – I think it's – what is it? Maybe like two games left in the season? I'm yeah. not sure. Two games left in the season. Oscar has really come on strong. He's like a factor. He's playing pretty good right field. He's raking. And uh, Terry Francona, Tito, he never, he hardly ever does big speeches. It's not his thing. Doesn't believe in it. Where, you know, this is, you know, this is professional. Like we show up to work. He knows that as long as you do your work, he's good with it. He comes in and it's kind of weird. Like he, he wants to have a team meeting. And we're like, all right, well. You know, we kind of been rolling at this point. We, we, you know, we broke the White Sox hearts. You know, we, we just we, we've ended the Twins. Like we're we're yeah. ready. We're good to go. He comes in. It just like he had like ten words, and then he calls Oscar up. And this whole time, nobody had known Oscar graduated from high school. He got his he he got his equivalents. He passed the test all while he's been raking as a rookie Jesus in the big. Jesus Christ! He speaks fantastic English. He's a smart kid. I really really like him. So I play a lot of cards in the clubhouse. He comes over one day, he beats me, and now he refers to me as his Nino, which is <laughs> unfortunate. But I'm telling you, this guy is the—he's the real deal. He's—he's he's the full package. He's a freak athlete. He can run. He can hit. He's smart. Got his—I couldn't believe that he got his degree all while he's doing this whole thing. Very, very cool. Man, that is good for him, dude. Like I, 
what's crazy what's awesome for that is is like these guys a lot of people are just content with like just being big leaguers and they don't really realize like it could come and go so fast the fact that he was getting his high school like diploma while just absolutely mashing and knowing he's gonna get paid is just it goes show you how good of a guy he is like that's all time say a word about it he was just going home he was studying he was making sure he was ready for this thing Really, really, like, I just, I thought that was, like, a little cherry on top. It was, like, almost unsurprising. He's been, he was so special this year. What a legend, man. And I Like I said, I'm a, obviously, I'm a massive Blue Jays fan, but you guys were one of those teams that I was really rooting for because what the vibes that you guys give me, if you don't really just have, like, one superstar, you just have a ton of guys that are really good at, like, working together. You know, like, Jose Ramirez, obviously, is a superstar, but you just have those guys in the lineup, like the Stephen Kwans of the world, like Miles Straw, so good defensively. Oscar Gonzalez, obviously, Naylor. It's just everyone – was that probably one of the best clubhouses you've been a part of, like being close that, that together-wise? Not, not close. Not close. The best clubhouse I've ever been a part of. High school, college, pro ball, not close. There's just no egos. It's it's incredible. Like, um, I, I think it almost comes across like there, you know, there aren't any superstars because no one acts like one. But we've got Shane Bieber. We've got Jose Ramirez. We've got budding superstars like Quan and Oscar, hopefully. Like we in Classe, maybe the best reliever in baseball. Oh like, my god! We really do have like I think that that was almost like the part that I found funny is that everyone kept talking like oh you know well this team they're just overperforming they're you know they're doing this they're doing that, but I'm in the locker room thinking like these guys are studs and they'd be studs on any team they're just not telling the world how good they are so so it's almost like per- perceived as as kind of just as nobody's um, special clubhouse fun clubhouse to be a part of I mean guys were showing up seven eight hours before games staying after for a beer after the game like just really really special clubhouse that's one thing man that like uh i really do miss about just playing baseball is just uh the team factor like just being able to have a couple beers with the guys after a game and just sit back and i know a story came out uh after the world series like kyle schwarber and a couple guys in the phillies just sat in the uh bowl or sat in the clubhouse and just sat in a circle and just talked about the year just had a couple beers and talked about the year what happened like when you guys uh like after when the ALDS ended did you guys kind of just have a moment to look back and be like man no one expected us to be here and just like look how far we made it yeah i think uh that was that was another thing Tito stepped in said it and you know it was funny i don't even know if he had to we all knew it we felt it, it, it's like it's a mixture right like you're not not disappointed like you want to take it all the way but once you get past that like immediate kind of like just bitterness I think we all were just really like proud of what we did. I mean, like we, we had, we had news outlets saying we were going to come fourth in the AL central. Like hey, those people should be fired into the like, sun. Like crazy, <laughs> like crazy, 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 crazy. And I think that we kind of talked our, we talked our shit in spring. We said that we, we thought we were good and, and it felt good that we, we backed that up and we played the right way all year long. Guys were running it like, and uh, you know, you don't want to over overdo the like run hard to the bases and like, all that stuff. But yeah, our guys played baseball the right way the whole year. We took extra bases when we could. We threw strikes. We forced teams to battle us. There was no free outs. I think that we just wore teams down, and that's the beauty of baseball. It's a 162-game season, man. Like, you can't just be good for a month, two months, even three. We got better and better as the season went on, and teams didn't like playing us, and it was fun to be a part of. Dude, yeah, just I mean, and go and going into that team, there's one guy that I want to talk about. Obviously, you and I, like, I, I grew up with him, so I know Naylor. The incident with the Garrett Cole thing that blew up the internet, I thought it was electric. It's just that's who, and people who don't know Naylor or played against him, that's just how he is, man. Like he is 
a gamer. Like he is a true gamer. When the moment is bright, that's when he comes out and just rakes. What did like? What was the like the, in the cl- in the dugout? Were you guys like, oh, Garrett Cole's not going to like this, or were you just like, because I know Tristan McKenzie said he does that after he hits home run all the time against pitchers. Like that wasn't personal against Garrett Cole. What were you guys thinking in the clubhouse? Because I thought it was an overreaction from like the Yankees fans, obviously and stuff. Um, you know, I, there's balance, right? Like everyone complains, oh, you know, baseball, it's, it needs to be more fun. It needs to have this. It needs to have that. Well, then when a guy does something, you know, fun, crazy, he gets the internet going, he gets all this backlash. I think that there's like, I, I live by a set of rules, which is, and, and we, I mean, I've made mistakes before too, but generally speaking, like anything you want to do or say, go ahead, like live it up, show emotion on the mound. I have no problem. You just got to make sure you're okay when that same guy hits a bomb off you that he, he, he can show emotion too. I think generally speaking, we try as athletes not to disrespect each other. Um, there has to be a certain amount of respect amongst peers. Like, you know, Garrett Cole, fantastic pitcher. Fantastic. Like, you know, recognize that, but still celebrate. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think for me, the Naylor celebration, it, he handled it fine after it is what it is. It was electric. I mean, I was, was like, sick. oh, my God, I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> he launched that baseball, too. That was yeah. launched. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know what? I give Naylor this. That guy shows up with energy every day. That is not manufactured. It's not fake. It's not planned out. That is just the, the kids. The kid's an elite baseball player, and uh, he, had, he had a big hit and a big moment, and he went nuts. So, I don't know. Like I said, we're always trying to tone the line. We want to show respect, but at the same time, like, let's make baseball fun, you know, um, fun within reason. But that's Cleveland Guardians baseball, man. Like, I, and there was obviously some stuff behind it as well. Cause, like, another good friend of the show, Oscar Mercado, those Yankee fans said some really foul offside shit to him in right field when that big thing happened with Miles Straw and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, the obviously you guys knew of that and just the whole emotion of the Yankee fans and the, like playing against the Yankees that probably played a little bit of a factor in Naylor doing that but how bad was Naylor getting it from Yankee fans like were you in the in the dugout or were you just being like wow like this dude is this is crazy yeah the Yankee fans they, yeah, <laughs> they didn't forget <laughs> I'll say that they they were they were well aware of it um that was that was a zoo man that was a that's a cool place to play especially in the playoffs um obviously we had a disappointing circumstance happened earlier in the year. I don't want to say that all Yankee fans are like that, but there was definitely some select Yankee fans on a certain day that crossed the line that, that can't be crossed just as human beings. Um, that being said, that's, you know, that's a small, 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 small yeah, percentage it's a small of, size, of yeah. baseball. And it's disappointing that it happened, but it's not the only place we've had stuff like that happen. And I'm sure it did add a little bit of energy to those outfielders. Like that was a, our outfield crew. Like that was a, that was a family out there. They were united and, you know, so I'm sure there was a little extra going on there too. And Naylor, uh, actually speaking about the home runs in that series, did you, when Aaron judge hit that ball off Tristan McKenzie, like, was that, what do you guys, how do you guys react to balls hit that far? Like as pitchers or when you're on the mound and stuff like that, or, or what, like, what are you the type of guy to, are you just give me a ball back immediately? Or do you sometimes take a look back and be like, that ball was shot. <laughs> Like that well, was annihilated. I, I can only speak for myself. I have definitely been on the mound and been like, "Oh my god, that <laughs> ball was hit so fucking far." <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's not. It's trust me. It's never a good feeling. You're never smiling when someone smashes one. Uh, in general, I would say whether it goes 362 feet or 512 feet, it still counts for the same. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't really care. Uh, I am aware when, when someone really gets one, you know, 
the game this year, I feel like the, the I, I mean, I'm not going to speak too much on, on the baseballs. I don't really know. I'd say this year the ball was probably more fair than it was last year. Or well, last year was, was insane. At least it wasn't quite as home run friendly. Last year there was it felt like there were some cheapies. Like sometimes you're just like, man, like I thought I almost broke his bat, and that thing's hit you know 350 yeah. feet. Uh, this year it felt felt pretty fair. So you know when someone got you, got you. It's uh, you know, I was I was well aware, but I let up a couple this year that that I didn't need to turn around to know that, that yeah. I wasn't going to get that ball back. That is it, it is true with the baseballs, and there was also instances last year as well, like when a baseball would be hit like 120 off the bat and it wouldn't be out. Like there 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 was a little bit of take, but there was more balls where I was like, how is that a home run? Like that was a, like a weak pop fly to left. It is wild, but I you were we were talking about Tito earlier. And arguably the funniest story that's ever been told on this podcast was when uh, Josh Tomlin told a story about Tito and him had a prank war with each other. And uh, jo- and Tito put his spitter in Josh Tomlin's, like, uh, kind of coffee area and, like, tricked Josh Tomlin into drinking his spitter. So Josh Tomlin got him back in the middle of a game. Tito did a mound visit after drinking a spitter, like, on Neptune. And he looked at Josh and he's like, I know this was fucking you. Like, I know you did this shit. <laughs> what is Tito like as a manager? Because like I said, man, I would die to have this guy manage the Blue Jays. He is electric. Yeah, I I think Tito's one of the best, if not the best there's ever been. Um, the experience, he's done that. You know, there's nothing, nothing can happen that he hasn't seen before. I think he does a really nice job of, like, maintaining relationships with all of us. You know, there there has to be, like, a line you know that you, you don't cross with your manager um like there has to be respect when when he speaks it needs to be heard like there needs to be a certain level of that but tito does a really really good job of like still having that relationship with me where you know i could call him after this podcast and be like hey man like you know this is what i'm going through this is what i'd like to you know do for get, getting ready for next year we can have that talk and then he can sit me down and say hey man you're being a jackass or like yeah. you have to be able to do both and I think he's really found a way where he's he's cultivated relationships with his players over the course of the last, you know, 20, 30 years where he does that. Like you heard it from Tomlin, you're going to hear it from me. And if he's coaching in 10 years, I promise you, you'll hear it from them, too. He's really developed with the times he's changed as baseball's changed, but he's always been good at that. Managing, having a relationship with players, still being able to communicate with the, the top dogs, the front office but then being able to sit down a superstar like, like Jose and give real like man to man friend advice, unbiased, um, you know, advice. So I think, I think he's, it's pretty special to get to play for a guy who's, you know, I mean, heck guys, he has rings. He's done everything. He's done everything you can do in baseball. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's an honor to get to play for him. He just, I mean, I couldn't even imagine the stories this guy has from like uh, coaching that Boston Red Sox team, like back in the, like the 04 year. He's probably not allowed to tell. (laughs) Yeah. Cause those stories are crazy. Like, my favorite story is just uh, Pedro just throwing the traveling secretary down the stairs. Like that story has to just be all time, the background on that. So, I mean, do you ever look at the dips that he has? Cause like I said, I'm an off the field guy and just be like, this guy is, this guy's a specimen. Like I, oh. I just, I marvel at him. I really do so, marvel at Tito. So we get these, um, the double bubble or whoever sponsors us, the, yeah. the gum for major league baseball, they send it in those big, you've seen them like bins on the, yeah on the bench right well they're in they're all individually wrapped right and that's that's always been like that i think even pre-covid they're all individually wrapped so you go in whatever you grab whatever flavor you like unwrap it well tito has his own bin that sits right behind him <laughs> and you don't touch tito's bin tito's bin every single piece of gum has been already unwrapped for him and put in the bin 
so that he doesn't have to stop watching the game even for a second he can just like he can just like reach back there and just like just claw <laughs> like this guy chews gum at a rate that no dentist could ever promote like it is just <laughs> so he's got it's like and it's got this little label label on it tito and i don't know he must be paying these clubbies just an incredible sum of money because <laughs> it is constantly over full <laughs> at the beginning of every game and then at the end of the game it's like a third of the way gone and then you're just looking around and there's just tito bombs all over the dugout floor like Dude. You, Step on one of these Tito bombs. Might as well just throw out your shoes. Like, Dude, it's not worth keeping them. <laughs> what a God. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. About This is why I started this. Like, that story is all time. Like, it just, that goes to show you that dude is a goddamn legend. And I guarantee you, the clubbies don't even bat an eye doing it for him. Nope, they'll do it for him. him. They'll do it. They do it for him. 162 they games a year. Him. They don't give a shit. They love him. And he takes good care of all his guys, right? There's a reason why. You know, at least in Cleveland, and I think this is top down, but, you know, those guys have all been around for a long time, been together for a long time. So I assume he's treating them right. But I'll say this. I am very careful walking through that dugout. You do not want to stop step on a Tito bomb. I mean, we're talking like six, seven pieces of gum, just goober all over the place. Oh, it's, that's, no that's a king. king. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. That dude is going to be, he's a first ballot hall. Don't even second guess it, extend it, 100% hall of famer. Like there's no, there's nothing even like debate. There's not even a debate for that. I would assume so. But hopefully, hopefully we're years away from that. I know he's on for next year and yeah. We're happy for him. The The health stuff was, was yeah. kind of scary for uh, pretty scary for at least, at least since I've been traded here. And I thought this year he looked like he, I can't speak to what it was before, but I think that this year was closer to, to what he likes to be at the field, which is like, you know, he doesn't want to be doing rehab all the time. He doesn't want to have to be thinking about it. He wants to be day in, day out with the boys. Um, I think he was a lot closer this year, so we're excited. We're happy to have him back next year. He he he's just the greatest. And you, I mean, and you guys have another coach uh, that not that got a massive standing ovation, probably the second biggest besides Tito, was Sandy Alomar Jr. What is this dude like? I mean, he's a literal legend in Cleveland, like a king. Actually, he's actually a legend in Cleveland, and he's been with Cleveland since. I mean, heck, I don't know since 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 he signed. <laughs> I feel like since he was 16 years old, he's been a Cleveland guy. Um, stud really really good person like good human being um I, 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 austin hedges is one of my closest friends on the team yeah. and sandy does is obviously our catching coach um has nothing but good things to say about him says like his ability to like learn and adapt because that position has changed as much or more than any position on the field for sure. in the last 30 years like 
if you go back and look how Sandy was catching in his prime versus what we're coaching now, yeah. his ability to like have learned the new style, coach the new style, the whole deal, it, it, it kind of speaks for itself, right? Um, I think that guy will have a job in Cleveland pretty much as long as he wants. He is adored, 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 adored. He rides his bike to the field a lot. He is, you know, he's the kind of guy I'm not sure he can walk down the streets of Cleveland without being recognized. Can you though? Like, are you noticed pretty easily when look you're, you're a, a tall? I'm just standard looking. Man. I know I you're, a, you do look like, I will say that you do look like a generic guy, but it is crazy though. Like you are, like I said, man, I was talking to my buddy Avery when they announced you, I had to get a picture of it. It was loud as fuck. Like they love you there. I don't know if it's, it like was, because uh, you're like a common guy that like is from Canada, you're from near there, but like it's because I go drink a Labatt Blue with them after the game. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And do you, so you get noticed a lot, or is like how? No, that no, no. Probably more at the end of the year, but I'm good. I'm just kind of I'm swimming in the in the <laughs> just floating out there. It's good. I get to go where I want. Um, I a lot of times though, I'll be out with a guy like Tristan or Shane, and and then you got no chance. You're you're, <laughs> you're in the muck. <laughs> Are you screwed. taking pictures for them? When they're with people, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we're gonna get people come over. Can I get a picture? I'm like, ah, don't worry, I'm the personal photographer here. <laughs> I got you all set, dude. And, and uh, you, uh, we, I guess we could talk about Shane Bieber as well. That guy, and I know like a lot of the stat nerds, those people, like the guys that hate me and stuff, the analytic nerds, they like they would say like a lot of his velocities decrease, stuff like that. But he could still carve. What's it like watching this guy go about his business? Because Luplo said he's the nastiest pitcher he's ever seen, like one of the nastiest pitchers he's ever seen. So what's it like, like, like sharing that room with him? he was a pitcher before velo ever came like if you look at how like he came up through the system like he didn't have velo until well like well into college yeah so i think that like in a lot of ways if, if you could guarantee someone that they were going to gain velo that's how you would prefer to learn like learn how to get outs like learn how to get people out without throwing 100 and then you know his Cy young year he's throwing 93 96 like all of a sudden now he's getting outs and he's what lupo said you know he's nasty it didn't surprise me that he was good without velo this third, like, and we're saying without velo, like he was still throwing pretty hard, but um, like it, it didn't surprise me at all. I think that he could be a guy that throws 88, 90 and still get outs. So um, it, it, he's really like evolved or even in these three years I've played with him, right? Like he was curveball heavy. The first year I got here, you know, slider and cutter this year was borderline unhittable. I think he's the kind of guy that like, if you try and key in on one pitch, like he's confident enough in, in his repertoire that he'll just go to something else. Like if you want to sit soft, he'll throw hard. If you want to sit hard, he'll throw one of five breaking balls. Like he really can spin the ball with, I think probably top, you know, top 1% in baseball in terms of like it, it feature three feature spin pitches. Um, and, you know, I think his changeup's all right, but he hardly ever throws it. Yeah, he is. Oh, dude, he's just a, he's a unicorn. He's so good. And and another guy that's really good. Are, are you guys kind of tired of hearing like the the bullshit cheating allegations going up against James Karen Because he gets it probably the most in baseball. Right. Like I would see I see it all over my Twitter feed. I obviously don't think he's cheating because the umps check you every it's just the dumbest sequence that these Internet heroes try to come up with. But. I, like, is that something that you guys talk about in the room? It's like, I don't understand why these people think we're doing it or how, like, how do you guys approach that stuff? Cause he gets it pretty now, bad. Yeah. We don't talk about it much in the end. It's like, he got, he got called out. They checked. He wasn't cheating. Like, you know what I mean? Like the proof's there. Like it happened. Like they sent an umpire out. They felt him up. No cheating. So I, I mean, I think until it, 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 if he gets caught, then fine. Um, then, then, then there can be a conversation about it. But as of right now, like he's never been caught and I don't see him using anything. So good for him. Maybe they're just angry. He can spin the ball. So good. Like, what I don't was know. T 
What was Tito's reaction when he saw an umpire go out to the mound and start feeling up his pitcher's hair? Like, it's just so rant. You would never tell. And 15 years ago, you would never tell a manager that. And they'd be like, that, that's something that's going to happen in pro baseball. And now it's happening. Yeah, I, I again, like, I, I kind of I had some comments after that game. I think it's pretty ridiculous. Like there needs to be repercussions. That's fine. Like it's it, it, it's their right to to have a have a guy checked. But if you check and you're wrong, there has to be something. Lose a challenge. That's what Musgrove said to yeah, me. He said lose, they should lose, lose a challenge. Lose something, just something, right? Like, and Musgrove probably feels the same way. It's like, you can have your suspicions. That's, like, well within your right. But until proven, like, you can't just ice the kicker. Like, that's kind of felt like – that felt like what, what happened. It was like, hey, mm, we don't like our chances of hitting this guy, so, you know, go check him. It's like, okay, fine. But when you're wrong, like, there needs to be something that hurts you. And I don't know if like a challenge is good enough. I think that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. It's like, this was like, it, it didn't happen that much over the course of the year, right? There's only a couple instances, but I, I do think it's probably something that we'll, we're going to have to talk about at some point in the next couple of years. If it becomes an issue, we're going to have to do it because in my head, like, and I, I, I hope that I wouldn't do this, but if we're playing the Mets in the world series and, and Diaz is on the mound throwing 102 mile an hour fastballs that no one can hit, I might just take my chances after an out or two and be like, you know what? Check, check them. Like, like, let's give, let's, let's make him stand up there or at least get off his game. Like, I don't want to, we don't want to continue to face this kind of thing. Like that's, we do not want the game to go that direction. That's like anti everything that we're, we're pushing for. Like we want these faster games. We want, you know, pace of play. We want, we want fairness. We want like respect and fun. Like that's not fun. Nobody wants to watch an umpire go out and, and play with someone's hair for a while. So uh, we'll have to solve that at some point. I don't really know what the answer is, and I'm not on the rule committee, but I imagine it'll get it'll get addressed. Yeah, it's just it's just the most outlandish thing of all time. And then another thing about you that's all unreal that Twitter just loves talking about is you being nine and zero at home on the regular season. Was that something you paid that much stock into? Like you realized, or were you just doing your thing? Because I will say it, that's something that a lot of the Cleveland fans latched onto, which is another reason why they love you. Is just you. 9-0 and at home at Progressive in front of the fans. It's just, it's the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, well, that's my spot. Those are my fans. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta show up, right? You wanna come back and play next year? You gotta make sure the people like you. Uh, I don't know, man. I, there was this, I, I didn't really know about it until I was informed by, kind of like, by media, or, you know, like, tweeted at me, like, this and this and this. Yeah. It's kind of always been a thing in my career. Like, if you look over, at least since I've been in the big leagues, like, I win a lot at home. I don't, I mean, you got, I, I'm assuming most people who listen to this understand that wins and losses are not. They don't mean know, shit. <laughs> they don't mean they're, they're not all on the pitcher, right? Like, you know, guys will lose one nothing. I had games where I let up five and we win six five. I had games where I let up zero and we win one nothing. Like, it's kind of a team effort, a win and a loss. But yeah, I mean, since I've been at Progressive, it's been it's been pretty good pitching there. It is. It's just it's it's such a sick. It's just such a cool stat to latch on to. But uh. W- MLB also has your nickname listed as Quan. Is that true? That can't be true, right? Uh, no, uh, I don't think I've ever really been called Quan. Yeah, why? Well, like, you know, what, you know what it was? I think it was the uh, my rookie year <clears throat> when they did the uh, what's the the players players weekend or whatever. Oh it is. yes. And I I want to say like I got called up for a second time like right before it, and and it was like it was like a generic like oh we need to put something on his on it on his back and he's just got here kind of thing. Rich homie Quan would have been good. Yeah, that one's taken. Schoolboy Q is taken. A lot of the good ones are are off the are off the shelf and I'll have to find them. 
Okay. It's all time. But a couple more things here, because obviously I, I think of t- 10 minutes left. Your dad, obviously, yeah, I, he got to pitch in crazy atmospheres. Did he kind of talk to you about what to expect pitching at Yankee Stadium as an opposing pitcher and like what you can or being an opposing player at Yankee Stadium in the playoffs? Did he like kind of give you some advice on that or you just kind of just let you do, let you do your thing? Yeah, I think you just let me do my thing on this one. Um, I mean, I've pitched in some pretty some pretty tense environments in, in my career, whether it be, you know, big college game, uh, I, you know, pitching in the in the U18, like World Cup, those games, especially overseas, it can get wild. Even even in the season, like there are games that special games like we had games against the White Sox over the last three years, you know, a Friday or Saturday night on the south side can get. It can get it can yeah. get rowdy. Um, obviously nothing's like playoffs, but at that point, you know, by the time I was pitching in New York, we'd already gone through two crazy games at home. I, it just, it kind of is just, it is what it is. That's part of the job. Like I, it doesn't bother me very much with how loud or, or not loud they are. Like I got a job to do. My first batter I'm facing is the, you know, apparently the unanimous MVP <laughs> this year. Well, <laughs> Shohei, Shohei. I'm I mean, like, I'm like, you know, I got something more to focus on than the, uh, than the fans, but you know, always appreciate it. Yeah. And, and- you being able to see what Shohei Otani's, I know it's off topic, but you being able to see what Shohei Otani's doing as a big leaguer, do you do you just marvel and just don't understand how physically possible it nah. is that he does it? I wish that there was a way we could give two MVP awards. I, I what Judge did this year is it was truly special, but what Otani is like just capable of doing every year is unheard of. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like equal parts jealous and kind of just want to autograph. Like, I'm not really sure. Are you what, that type of guy though? Like, are you type of guy that after a game to get like an autograph from someone? Like if no. you played pool holes, would no. you like, no, really? Well, no. Uh, yes. Certain play like certain players, like uh, I do collect, there's only like four or five players that have, that my dad and I have both faced. Oh. And I have, I collect, I get the, the Jersey, their Jersey signed. So I have a Robinson Cano one and Ichiro one and a Miguel Cabrera one. Uh, I, I never got to face pool holes, but he would have, he would have fallen into that category. Okay. But other than that, no, I'm not an autograph. I don't, I'm not judging the guys who like it. it it's a cool thing for me though. It's more just like, uh, without sounding crazy, like they're my peers. I'm not getting an autograph from a guy I'm trying to punch out. Like, what are you talking about? After my career is over? Yeah, absolutely. I'll get an autograph from these guys who I think are, are special uh, players, but I actually, I try and get the hockey autographs more often. Any Really? Yeah, I got a Nathan McKinnon jersey signed when we were playing in Colorado in the playoffs. So it's a, a McKinnon playoff jersey signed. Holy that shit. That is way, way cooler. Um, I got Marner when I was pitching in Toronto. Marner was at the game. Yeah. And he came down after and we were shooting the shit. Um, uh, I said, I said, man, I've been trying to trade for you in my dynasty league for like two years. But, <laughs> but this guy won't accept the deal. Um so I got him to sign a baseball. So I get hockey players to sign baseballs. I think that's cool. I like football players signing baseballs too. And then I did make that dynasty trade. I got there. Him. You go. I sold the whole system, but I got him, <laughs> dude. That's all. I, I saw you were doing stuff with uh, the Blue Jackets, right? Cole Sillinger, or whatever. Do you got a yeah. picture with him? Yeah, came out. He threw the first pitch. That guy's going to be a freaking stud, oh, man. He's, so he's going to be so good, and he's he's so young. Like it's crazy. He's dating a massive pop star too, right? I is think, he? Yeah, he's dating oh, like he's a, in all the boxes. I, legit, I a superstar right pops. Like he is dating a superstar. Like her name is Tate McRae or something like that. This guy just has it all. I mean, he's uh, just he he has it all. But it is it is cool to see. Like so, Nate McKinnon. Did you get to talk to him? Because he's a legend. I didn't want to, I did not, I did not want to bother him. I actually went when we were there, uh, my wife and I went and like watched the, the, they had a practice before their game the next day, but 
it's middle of playoffs. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. I, I would expect the same treatment in return if someone was coming to our games in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's why. Listen, I listen. I'm a Cal Quantrill guy. I was there was part of me that was like, let's get a post game pick for the incident, but I was like, fuck no. I'm just gonna sit up here with the common people and just get the vlog going. And it was, the vlog was electric. The common was, people are where you want to be, anyways. I don't want to be in the hundreds. I don't want. I got. I, I saw uh, Miles, obviously Josh's brother. We talked for a little bit, and he was down here. I'm like, I don't want to fucking be down. Like it's all rich people in suits and shit. Like obviously, no, they weren't suits, but it was like all the rich people up there. I walked it. So listen, I was in Michigan gear because I didn't have, I didn't know we were going to the game and people were giving it to me. And I was like, yeah, that's, that was not your best decision. Yeah, They were (laughs) giving it to me, (laughs) (laughs) but but they knew I was a Yankee here. Like I made it clear. I was like, look at, look at some of the videos I have roasting Yankee fans. They tell me they want to kill me. I'm one of you. I'm one of you guys. So they knew that right off the bat. So that's why I love Cleveland fans forever. But this is the last thing I want to talk about, because obviously you're going into it next year. And I mean, this was a ma- this was a massive year for you. Obviously, become became a household name probably in G- Cleveland for sure, as well as the game of baseball. What are you kind of working on going into next year? Like, are is there some stuff that you had this year where you're like, this pitch didn't sit right with me, or like the way I approached some things didn't sit right with me, or stuff like that? Yeah, I felt like uh, you know, last year I established myself. This year, I feel like I really like showed that the, that I can I can do more than you know maybe what people thought I could. Do. Yeah. As I head into next year, to me, it's more about just refining what we what we've done. Um, I think if you look at my numbers over the last two years, like I'm clearly capable of 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 winning at this level. For me now, it's like okay, well, how can how can we go from a guy where it's like, hey man, that guy battles, that guy you know that guy gives us a chance to win every day, to like taking over a game every now and then. You know, it's a fine line as you get further and further into your career. Like you need to continue to get better, but you can never lose sight of what you what you're doing that's keeping you here. So for me, this offseason, it's like, okay, how how good can I get? Like, how perfect can I be at the things I'm already good at? And then what are some, like, low-hanging fruits? Like, can my curveball become a pitch that's, that that I can up, 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 you know, three to five percentage points? Like, can I use it more? Where's the ceiling on that? Start toying around with some things that this year uh, I, didn't, I didn't do very often, not because I didn't think I could, but because it was just we were so win-centric. It was like, hey, man, like, you need to go out there this year and win 15 to 20 games. Like that's how we're going to go to the playoffs. So, okay. So that's great. Well, now this off season, we're not win centric. We're about getting better. So like, what are these low hanging fruits? I think it's probably see, see, see what, see if there's something with a curveball, maybe toy around with a splitter and then just master the stuff I'm good at fastball command, change up, see if I can make that cutter a little harder felt like at the end of the year um, I started to see a, a, just a very slight decline in the velo. You know, so so maybe there's you know some conditioning things we can do to make sure we're ready to go. Ideally, you know, 220 to 240 innings by the time you're all said and done with spring training, playoffs, World Baseball Classic. Yeah, the World Baseball Classic is going to be electric. I might. I, do you, are you guys playing in U.S. for Canada? Where are you guys playing? Yeah, we're in Phoenix. Oh shit, I might have to go to that. That's going to be sick. I mean, that team obviously Romano not not playing kind of sucks, but that team is going to. I was be trying awesome. to lure him away, but he's a. He's a loyal man. He uh, he played for Italy once. I think he's going to do it again. I think, and I will say this, as an Italian, I do respect him doing that. Like, you guys didn't want me before with Canada. Now, yeah. like, I'm just going to stick no, with No, no, like I said, it's loyalty. He's a good yeah. man. I yeah. uh, I was, I really thought, though, I could, I was, we were playing the Blue Jays. I was like, man, if I come out of here and Guerrero and Romano's oh, Guerrero. on the team. <laughs> Guerrero on Team Canada would be insane. Like, him and Naylor in the middle of the lineup would be crazy. Our like only just, issue is, man, we're just breeding first baseman. We got 
Freeman and Votto and Guerrero and Naylor. True, I didn't think about that. We need yeah, some, we need, we need some middle infielders. So whatever young <laughs> Canadian baseball players out there that are listening, we need some. We need some second baseman. We need some shortstops. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to be. I, I think you guys are going to be pretty decent this year. I do like that roster. But this is the last question, actually. Do you know about all, like the Just Baseball show on Twitter? Like, obviously, it's a good friend of mine, Peter Apple. They love you. Like that. That's all. You're all they tweet about. Do you know that? Like, I, I mean, um, so. I was I was told about halfway through the year that uh, I had a ride or die gambler on my side. Yes, um, I'm actually uh, he's friends with Nick Sandlin, a guy on our team. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on his podcast sometime here in the next couple of weeks. I actually meant to DM DM him the other day and let him know I'd do it. Uh, yeah, you know I don't have I don't have a ton of uh, hardcore fans. Well, but, I'm one of them, but yeah, <laughs> but I got a couple, and I, you got to show respect to to your big name guys. So I'm. I'm interested to see how many units I made them. Like a lot, I, uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot. And I and Grant, I, I can't bet on baseball, but I expect some some football advice in return from my. He's my actually really here. good at football. I think he's 36 and 22 this year. Like he's crazy. Like he's just one of those guys where he's like a normal dude, but he's just unbelievably smart. Where he's just like he takes the human element out of gambling. Where he's just like this is analytic shit, and Perfect. he loves you. So well, that's that'll be of... the trade. That'll be the trade. Then I, I want a free subscription to the, uh, the Peter <laughs> Just Apple baseball show. Yeah. yeah. He's all time, man. So anyways, anyways, Cal, I mean, like I said, we, I, I sent you, listen, I rarely send videos to guys. I think I sent, I might've sent one to Logan Webb. Last, no, I didn't to last week, but uh, I rarely send videos when I need guys on podcasts. It's you're one of those guys. So you're an elite company. Um, it was a pleasure to have you back on. You're fucking awesome. Do you really are like one of Canada's very own and you're my guy. I will say this. You're my guy, so I got your back for life. Just know that, and uh, best of luck, man. All right, I appreciate it, my man. We got to get you a Guardian jersey. You can't be wearing Michigan stuff to our games. Uh, I was getting roasted. In the vlog, I think we cut <laughs> it out, but there's a, a Cleveland fan that looked at me and said, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was just like, I'm one of you. I, I fucking hate the Yankees. I'm one of you. But, yeah, I was getting it pretty bad. I was really, I was getting it really bad. So, All right, all right. Well, we'll be on again sometime. All right, brother. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.